Well, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and I'm actually here with Luke Kappa, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And if you are somebody who has listened to at least five Gear 30 episodes, then I would ask you to take 30 seconds and show us your support by leaving us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts, because what other podcast on planet Earth brings you Hoji, our patron saint of Gear 30, one week, and then follows that up with the great Luke Kappa the next week? Seriously, where else? Where else? Do you get Hoji and Sexy Luke, as we like to call him? Nowhere else is the answer. So please go leave us that five-star rating because, I mean, I've already said why. So there you go. Luke, it's me and you. We're back in Blister HQ together, and we just had closing day here in Crested Butte. I haven't totally processed this yet. Yeah, it always feels like it happens very fast, especially like just looking out my window. There's a very distinct difference between closing day and the Monday that follows. There's just no one out. Yeah. Like CB shuts down pretty, pretty much immediately. I always make the mistake of going to some random store and it's there's newspaper on the windows closed for the next few weeks. Um, But at the same time, like I kind of like it, although on Monday I like hit 130 or two which is when i normally go and ski and like my brain just (laughs) felt like it was a little broken i was like very confused with what i should do with myself um but yeah it's kind of nice it's it's been incredibly like nice out temperature wise and yeah i'm hoping it kind of mellows out a little bit so we get a, a decent corn season this spring but um yeah yeah it all it all went by very very fast yeah what a strange season and I know we've talked about this a lot on Gear 30 and on Blister Podcast and other stuff, but there's part of me that's actually kind of been like eager to get to the close because I just wanted us to get through this whole sort of COVID season without having to like stop it or interrupt it. And this is still mind blowing to me. The fact that, to my knowledge, there wasn't a single ski area in the United States that actually had to interrupt operations this year because of COVID. Um, I know that at the very end here, Whistler, the the province decided to to shut things down at Whistler, at least temporarily. But um, at least, you know... uh, down south of Canada, we managed to keep everything open. And I I don't know who all deserves props for that, but I am, I am being generous with the props. Uh, to every ski patrol outfit, every skier and snowboarder, and every operations p- person remotely connected with ski areas, um, well, I'm going to be raising a glass to you at the end of this episode and and um it's remarkable and thank god again as we always talk about our mood enhancers um yeah thank god that we we got through that so anyway um other stuff what should we tell people before we dive into this episode we just got up another blister summit 
panel video, um, how to start and grow a brand in the outdoor industry. Um, it's a phenomenal episode for anybody who is either just curious about how this world works or is actually thinking of starting or <laughs> maintaining a company in this space. Um, it's excellent. You should check it out. You can find it on the website or on our YouTube channel. So there's that. Um, anything else on your end that we should tell the peoples? Uh, we are going to still like, we got on a lot of stuff, especially near the tail end of the season. So we'll still be publishing not only full ski reviews of a bunch of stuff, but also a ton of flash reviews, yeah. um, of especially the skis we got late in the season. So if you're a blister member, check those out, keep an eye out for them or become a blister member. Yep. And I'm actually waking up real early tomorrow to go to Aspen where I'm going to meet up with Sasha and Astis, and we're going to get at least a couple days of riding chairlifts in and, and keeping the inbounds gear going. And then when I'm back from that, it's uh, going to be for the most part, just touring, touring reviews. Um, we do, however, still owe the people one thing, and that would be our telemark video. I think Luke for the whole season has sort of tried to pretend this wasn't a thing that no, I had signed. I never, agreed, for, <laughs> I never <laughs> agreed to. <laughs> but, um, and the fact is we do just get crushed with gear that we have to review. So it's like, we sometimes get the, like, well, where's the telemark video, but we also get like, well, where's the review on this? And so it's kind of a double bind for us. But, um, you know, there, there are some ski areas that are going to be extending their season I mean, one nice thing about telemark skis, you can sure tour on them. So we're going to figure this out and we haven't forgotten. And Luke is not looking that happy with me right now. I, 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 I'm looking forward to the, the skiing part. It's just, yeah, it's been, to say the least, a, a busy winter. Yeah, it has been. Um, you're doing great, Luke. Uh, we're grateful for it, for, uh, for all you've been doing here. On that note, I do feel like just before we get started, we do kind of need a bit of an update on your food situation. I will say there hasn't recently been any like strange packages dropped off at my house for you. So I have nothing to report on that front. Um, but you know, the people might want to know like how, how has the diet been going recently for you? It really hasn't changed. I, I don't, it's been a while since I feel like we've done one of these, yeah. but I'm still mostly eating like noodles and eggs and that's pretty much it. Uh, my parents were in town a couple weeks ago, and so I had a lot of nice leftovers, which was really cool. Um, I feel like one of the more notable development is I started using shampoo and conditioner again. Um, based Whoa. off Steph at Butin Co., she had listened to one of the episodes <laughs> and recommended this small brand that I can't pronounce. But anyways, I started doing that. <laughs> How I mean... Se there's a reason we call you sexy Luke. Um, I mean, do you feel like this has made a difference? Mm, not, uh, not so much looks wise, but it definitely feels nicer to not have just like heavy clumpy hair. I don't know. Mm. Um, but my showers take about twice as long. So that's annoying. Mm. But yeah. Well, shout out to Steph. Yeah. I, <laughs> I like the idea that your hair is seeing some sort of, soap ishness yeah so 
Good. And then the food, you told me leftovers you had from rice, secret stash. Sherpa. Sherpa. And can't remember. I feel like we went somewhere else. Went to went to Bones last week. That was nice too. Um, but yeah, I feel like at the end of the season, I always end up just eating out a ton just because I know that basically all the restaurants are going to be closed for several weeks. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's been, been a nice, nice couple weeks in terms of food. All right. Well, nice. Good update. All right. Um, let's get into this. We have been on a lot of stuff, but you know, the goal here is just to pick a few things that we, you know, frankly, just feel like talking about. And so, um, why don't I let you go ahead and kick things off? Cool. Uh, one of the categories, if you can call it that, not not too many skis fall into it quite yet, but like basically with the introduction of the line blade, um, I've been calling them basically fun carvers, kind of skis with tight side cut radii. They're designed to be fun on piste, but are definitely not your typical carving skis. Um, and one of them that we recently got on is the new Black Crow's Miris Core. It is, I think it's like 87 millimeters underfoot. So it's a lot narrower than the Blade and the Armada Stranger, which are two other skis that are kind of in that category. But it's definitely unlike anything I've skied before. It has, for a ski that narrow, it has a lot of tip and tail rocker. It also has a very centered mount point. I think it's around three or four centimeters from true center. And so it's an interesting combination of really tight side cut radius, but it's not a ski that you want to like drive super hard through the shovels like you would with a traditional carving ski with a really setback mount point. And we were out with the Black Crows guys here at Mount CB, I guess that was last week. Um, And it's definitely a ski that took me a few runs to get used to, Um, whereas a lot of them I can get get used to them right away. But uh, once I did, it was, I mean, it was a blast, like... It's just very, I've said it before, like we ski a lot of skis. I can ski a lot of them very similarly. So it's kind of, it's a ski standout more when they are so different. Um, And I mean, we, I took it down like Headwall and Hawk's Nest off the North Face T-Bar here. And like, it's not what I would pick to specifically uh, ski that stuff, but like it worked. Um, And so it is more versatile than I expected. Um, and it's pretty, even within that niche subcategory, it's, it's quite different versus the blade, the blade, despite not being a traditional ski at all, feels more traditional compared to the Miris. Um, but I think for people who want a ski, that's a lot of fun on piste, but are maybe coming from a park skiing background or just want something that's a lot more playful than a traditional carving ski, it could be a fun one to add to the quiver. Um, and I kind of think about like looking back at the season, I think of a few like my cheater skis and I don't mean that in like they make skiing easier. I mean the the skis that I choose to ski if I'm just going to ski what I want to, Mm -hmm. um, which is very, very rare, (laughs) but the past couple weeks, especially when my parents were in town and then like closing weekend, I ended up skiing both of those a lot um, just because they're a ton of fun for, especially if I'm with a group that's just going to be ripping groomers. So yeah, yeah, it's a category I'm excited about. And I think especially if, if people have the opportunity to demo it, I think it's one of those that's definitely worth a try just to see what it actually feels like because it's, it's one that's a little hard to describe. Yeah. 
we have a product lineup video coming out uh, with Black Crows where we're going to talk a lot more about that Miris core. And um, I confess in that video that I was sort of afraid of that ski. Mm-hmm. I was too. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Luke's like the, he's like the, he's like the king's taster. Like Luke makes sure the food isn't poisoned, you know? And then if he doesn't die, then then I can go hop on the thing. So thanks, Luke. And yeah, you didn't die. And we're skiing head wall. <laughs> when you guys see the ski, you'll you'll understand perhaps why uh well, I, I wasn't quite sure what this thing would want to Yeah, do. Tristan from Black Crows summed it up in one word dynamic. And I mm. think that's a very, very accurate single word description. It's it wants you to be wants you to be skiing it. Like mm-hmm. you, it's not just a ski you chill out on whether you're carving it super hard, popping it off of literally anything. Cause the tail feels like a pogo stick or slashing it, throwing it sideways. Like it wants you to ski it very dynamically, which yeah. is, which is kind of how I like to ski. Yep. I'm going to be talking about three skis here and one is 96 millimeters wide, one is 97 millimeters wide, and one is 98 millimeters wide. So that's what I'm going to do here. Um, this first ski is the Solomon Stance 96, which we just published our full review and deep dive on today. And you and I, at the very tail end, like kind of right before we were hitting the publish button, we got on the phone and we're talking a bit about sort of this Stance 96 versus the Solomon QST 99 versus the new Solomon QST 98. And I thought that might just be worth talking a little bit more about those three skis. That QST 99, we have kind of sung that ski's praises. I have said that that's a ski I feel like a ton of skiers ought to be on. If you just went to various resorts around the world, and if I saw many, many, many of those in lift lines, I'd think that that checks out. That's a lot of those folks are going to be like on a good ski. I think that they're going to really enjoy and it's going to make skiing more fun for them. So, I mean, without just regurgitating the review we just published, because people can go read that. um, Maybe I'll just ask you to kind of go like how, how, similar or different say let's start with the solomon stance 96 versus the qst 99 i'm curious do you see those as more similar or different or where do you think they differentiate from each other yeah i think they're they're pretty similar overall mostly the qst 99 has a it's just a slightly more easygoing ski it, its tail feels a little bit more yeah. forgiving yeah it feels a little bit looser and easier to slash around. And then the stance 96 just feels like more solid on edge. Um, I think the swing weight actually feels a little bit lighter than the QST 99. Um, so I think like, I, I think a lot of beginners could be on the QST 99. Yep. I don't think I'd recommend the stance 96 for them. Totally. Agree. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, someone who wants something a little bit stronger, or more, more precise on edge, steer them a little bit more towards the stance 96. But yeah, I'd, I'd never really thought about that comparison until we were writing that review. And I looked at what you wrote for the who's it f- who it's for section. Yeah. I'm like, this sounds a whole lot like what I said about the QSD 99. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting that they 
yeah I, I, skiing them i wouldn't immediately think of the other but in that they both could work for a pretty wide range of people the qsd 99 working for the kind of the lower end i mean experts can ski yeah. and have a blast but uh and then the stance 96 working for the the upper end um it's just kind of interesting that they're both coming from the the same brand yeah and i mean my my take on that a little bit too is it really is probably the defining trait i would want to talk about is the the stronger tail yeah. on the stance 96 and from while it is a lighter ski than skis like say the blizzard bonafide or the mantra m6 or even the, the stance 102 is substantially heavier the, than or the, the stance 102 yeah. is substantially heavier yeah um i still feel like the tail of that stance 96 slots in better with a ski like the the bonafide mm-hmm. or mantra in terms yep. of the strength of the tail but it's lighter than a bonafide or mantra so I think somebody who's like, well, I'm a pretty traditional skier. I like the feel of a traditional ski, but I don't know if I want to get all that much ski that you get out of a Bonafide or even a Mantra. That is actually a person who I also think might want to check out that Stance 96. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of our take on the Stance 96 versus the QST 99. If we're then going to talk about the new QST-98 along with the Stance-96, now we actually have a bit more differentiation here, right? Yeah, definitely. So the the QST-98 is replacing the 99 for the 21-22 season. And you could think of the new 98 as essentially a narrower, lighter QST blank, which they're also introducing for the next season. Um, the 98 compared to the 99, the 98 has significantly deeper rocker lines, especially in the tail. It's got a notably more forward mount point. Um, and it's also lighter in equivalent sizes. We have the 189 centimeter QST 98, uh, while we have the 181 centimeter QST 99, but they're actually coming in at almost the same weight. Um, so the 98 is lighter. It's just generally a lot more playful than the 99, Um, not as stable, not quite as damp. So, I mean, given that we just talked about how relatively similar the Stance 96 and QST 99 are, I think Solomon's decision to make the QST 98 much more playful makes sense. Yeah. And it's still it's still got some family resemblance to the old 99, but. Uh, yeah, I think that ski is going to make a lot more sense for people who tend to ski with a more neutral stance or who prioritize maneuverability or uh, it's, it's also got a tighter side cut radius and wants to carve um, slightly tighter turns on piste. So yeah, the you could think of like stance 96, most directional, most traditional, QSD 98, most playful, most easygoing, and then the 99 kind of slots in between. Yep. Yeah. I think we clarified some things for some people. Where you want to go next? Um, another ski that was honestly like one of the standout skis for the entire season for me and I think Dylan Wood and some other just people in Crested Butte was the 192 centimeter length of the Dina Star M Free 108. Yeah. So last season we skied the 182 centimeter length. Um, there's a 10 centimeter gap between them. 
And I really like that ski, but the standout characteristic of it was how just surfy and loose and easy to throw sideways it was. But in that length, it was argue like for you and me, arguably too loose. Yeah. Um, especially when you're like skiing steep stuff or like choppy snow, you were kind of fighting the tips to keep them heading down down the fall line rather than sliding sideways down it. And I was always curious about the one I 192 but for a mountain like cb just on paper 192 seems pretty long for a ski in that width but fortunately it's basically everything i hope for it is it's still a very maneuverable and relatively easy ski for its size and weight but it's substantially more stable than the 182 centimeter length and at least so far it doesn't seem quite as loose and uh twitchy at speed and for me i've kind of been I've been looking for that 108-ish underfoot ski that has that sort of blend of playfulness and stability. And I think first, I'm like, I'm 5'8", and for someone my size, I feel like a 189 would be like perfect, but I can't really complain about that. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's surprisingly easy to ski, but it is quite damp and really solid at speed and lets like... It's easy to shut down at high speeds, which is something I really value because when I'm doing that, if I'm trying to slow down at high speeds, I'm usually on the edge of control and probably not skiing with the best technique. So I don't like skis that you can only feather and release from a turn when you're like driving the crap out of their shovels. The M free lets you do it from a more centered stance or even a little bit back seat. And yeah, it's just been an absolute blast. And I know several people here in CB that have been really liking it too. And I'm getting back on this ski probably tomorrow in Aspen. Um, I I don't have as much time on it yet as I want. And to be honest, I think my first day on it, I don't know what the deal was. My second day on it, I think I was in a different boot. And it just wasn't clicking for me the the way that it is for you and Dylan Wood and our friend Rob Dickinson and, and others. And so um, I want to just go get in my regular boot and I'll be on that ski probably tomorrow. And also a being it with the 194 centimeter Razi black ops sender squad. I think I got that name right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably my day tomorrow. Um, cool. Well, my turn again, I, we started with the 96, time to go to the 97. I just wanted to say a word again about this Wagner custom ski we had. We've talked a little bit about this ski, um, but there is a 97 width ski that Pete Wagner made specifically for, for Crested Butte and for the Blister Summit. And I, I actually, that was what I skied closing day here. Um was getting back on it. And honestly, it's just a really nice, compliant, directional ski. And what I keep coming back to for that ski is like, man, it reminds me in a lot of ways of a lighter, toned down Blizzard Bonafide so I think like, in other words, I think you ski this Wagner 97 pretty much exactly, well, at least I ski the Wagner 97 
pretty much exactly like I ski a bonafide, but it it doesn't it just doesn't require the same amount of physical input that a bonafide does. And so I was like, man, I think for a number of people out there, they might really like the sound of that. So, you know, I I'm on record. I like the bonafide. Yeah, I mean, it this Wagner 97 still pretty stable, really nice carver. It's like I would say pretty much all the same things I'd say about a bonafide. It's just it requires less physical input. So, mm-hmm. and I also my first day on that ski, we were skiing Rambo on it and typically I'd be like, yeah, this isn't exactly the ski I would choose for Rambo and it honestly felt really comfortable. So, yeah, when I skied that ski and honestly like most of the Wagners, they were all just cases where after a few runs, I just kind of forgot about it, yeah. which is pretty high praise, yeah. like just super intuitive and yeah, like I I know who would like the Bonafide and it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not my type of ski. And I got along much better with um, what uh, Pete Wagner's calling them blister summit 97. Okay. Um, but yeah, n- nice suspension, quite stable, but yeah, pretty easy to ski, especially yep. off piste. Yep. Um, yeah. Just all around nice and intuitive. Yeah. And I mean, just going through like funky, you know, traverses or lines like around angle gully, or whatever, where you're, it just can get a little bit awkward. Or if you're coming in super hot on the top of monument, it just never like, it's never like, oh man, the ski's getting away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, nicely done. So those are my thoughts on that 97. Where are you going? Um, well, I'll, I'll just briefly touch on the, the ski I skied on closing day most of the day. Um, Briefly got time on uh, the new RMU Apostle 3.0106. So they're overhauling the whole Apostle series for next year. Main big difference is that the tips and tails aren't as dramatically tapered as they have been. Um, and I was a little hesitant coming in, honestly, because I, I skied the old North Shore 108 and found it surprisingly demanding. And then I had skied an old, old, old Apostle 106 and... Um, I mean, I only got a few laps on it, but, um, wasn't like the biggest fan, but kind of in a similar vein as that Wagner, like got a few laps on it and just kind of forgot about it. It's, I think it's a really fun ski for people who want something that's pretty playful and maneuverable. And it could also work as like an all mountain freestyle ski. If you're throwing tricks, it was a blast in the park when it got slushy, um, not super stable, but just, just fun, versatile carved surprisingly well. And yeah, it was just pretty fun from almost bell to bell on closing day. Nice. Yeah. My last ski, which I think you're going to have some thoughts about too, for my 98, I wanted to talk a bit about the Moment Commander 98. For those who really pay attention to Blister and this podcast, et cetera, et cetera, well, I think you maybe heard me in a conversation that I was having with Luke Jacobson a while ago, sort of... I don't know, man, these people must really dislike me, but I've said something like, you know, so basically you made a touring ski with the new commander 98 and then just decided to call it a commander 98 and called it like a lighter weight inbound ski. And again, for people that are paying attention, I'm not, I'm not the biggest advocate of like really lightweight inbound skis. And, um, 
you, like you, Luke, got along a lot better than that Commander 98 than I did. My my takeaway is that for the right skier, it was a ton of fun and it wasn't like anything else yeah. on the market. Yeah. But that right skier demographic was near, like is a smaller group of people that I'd recommend it to than a lot of other skis. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of a niche that, that older version, but the new version is very different. Yeah. And so clicking into the new commander 98 to me, again, this is just my personal take, but absolutely went back to like click point shoot felt incredibly intuitive, felt nice in terms of its suspension, (laughs) felt like an inbound ski to me. And I was just kind of like, yes, like, yes, this is what I personally wish the last iteration of the commander had been. And um, it's always just a bit of a head trip, right? Because you 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 remember the last thing, you click into a new one, you have real, I had no idea what it was going to ski like or what I would think of it. And just automatically I was like, yeah, you know? And so I liked that ski quite a bit. Um, it, it just was complete like night and day for me personally. So you and I haven't really talked about it, but like, are you, because you liked the prior lighter version more, are you like, were there things that you were kind of missing about the, because I missed nothing about the previous <laughs> yeah. version, to be clear. You could have all of it. But this new one, if you said, well, what don't you like about it? So far, answer nothing. What's your take? Yeah. I mean, uh, my, my main takeaway is that like it, I think the new version makes more sense for what they're marketing it as. Yeah. Like it's a metal laminate directional ski that's designed to be pretty stable and for directional skiers. And I think this new one makes more sense for that group than the old one. Um, I'm not so much part of that group. Mm -hmm. And so I miss like, I miss the, the liveliness and the maneuverability of of the old one. I don't miss how unstable, especially the 178 centimeter old commander 98 was. I think if they made that old version in like a 184, I would have liked it a lot better. Um, but yeah, the new one is, it's just substantially, I would just say more ski. Like we have it in the 182 centimeter length. It's not, it's not a super demanding ski. The swing weight's not really heavy, but it is, it's more damp. It's more stable. You can just lean into it and trust it more. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think the day before closing, I was like, oh, I'm going to get the most of these last two days and went out at like 10 AM and skied angle gully first thing in the morning <laughs> and didn't like, I had skied at the afternoon before, like last lap and it was still like wintry chalky snow. I was like, oh, it'll still be good. <laughs> but apparently it warmed up after that point the night before and it was like rock hard. And I mean... I guess I would have preferred being on an even heavier ski, but yeah. like all things considered, it it handled that those sort of awful conditions pretty well. And unlike uh, a Bonafide or a Mantra 102, like I would say the the new Commander 98 is still more maneuverable yep. and just easier to ski than those skis. So it's not like they made it into some ultra burly ski nope. that's super challenging. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice traditional metal or I, I don't know if I'd call it traditional given how much tip rocker it has, but like solid feeling directional ski. And I talked to moments, Tyler curl was here uh, a week or two ago. Um, and I talked to him about Mount points cause him and I typically, um, go against factory recommended and move things forward. So he's been skiing it at plus two from recommended. And so I tried it there along with the new commander 108 and definitely like them more mounted there. Uh, that equates to about eight centimeters behind true center. The recommended line is about 10 centimeters from true center. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think it'll work better for the people it was intended for than the previous version. Yeah. And just to, to conclude on that ski, I I didn't find a single instance where I thought it was sort of demanding or punishing, Mm -hmm. you know? So for some burly charger person, yeah, they might wish it was more ski, but to me for like an all mountain, it, it just, it, it felt really good. And that 182 at this mountain, um, I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty psyched on the updates. Yeah. I think you had one more thing on the agenda you wanted to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, we've been testing a lot of outerwear and apparel that we're hopefully going to be talking more about on the site soon. But, um, one of the standout products, especially in the last few weeks as it's been above freezing most days is a pair of jeans from pit viper most most known for their sunglasses but they call them extreme blue jeans they're basic they're literally i think it's they came with the tag still on it a pair of wrangler jeans um but (laughs) they sew a water resistant and uh reinforced gator onto them that comes in all sorts of fun colors and prints. But anyways, I ended up wearing them way, way, way more than I expected. Um, and the bottom line is if, if you want to ski in jeans and have fun and look goofy, I, I highly recommend them. <laughs> like they're way more just comfortable and functional to wear than I expected. The, the, the one downfall is like closing day. We're just like hanging out, watching everyone, uh, crash in the park at the end of the day and sitting for extended periods of slush (laughs) isn't ideal. I might like, sew some like water resistant fabric onto the butt of them if I can find some. But other than that, they're, they're pretty ideal for spring skiing. Perfect. Yeah. And I actually have, you you don't know this, but I was actually the second to last day or it was actually closing day. I don't remember, but you were, I don't know, probably eight rows ahead of us in line for the paradise lift. And I saw you up there. And so I took video of like catching Luke in the wild in his magnificent outfit here. So maybe I'll have to like post that video when we, when we drop this podcast and the people can see for themselves. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was trying to get some like actually good action shots in them, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if we had got any amazing shots, but um, yeah, they, they definitely stand out. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, man. I think it's time for what we're celebrating this week. Um, I've got my whistle pig piggyback six year in hand. Um, you've got a, like a thing of Clorox wipes 
or something in front of you and a it's mate some mate thing so um i'd probably go for the mate not the clorox but uh what are you celebrating this week uh i think i'm gonna go kind of general and just off season like normally i'm like and it still was like it's always sad on closing day like you don't get to ski every day anymore but this winter was a lot like it was just very very stressful at times and i mean tons of fun skiing a lot of really good days but i the one thing i like about off season is it just feel it, you can kind of feel that everyone's a lot more relaxed there's not nearly as many people around here and just like people are kind of taking it easy there's no one's in a rush to get anywhere and i'm just looking forward to that kind of relaxation period before it ramps up again in the summer um cuz i think it's much needed at this point <laughs> a buddy of ours jack uh apparently like rented a place in south padre and he and his wife aren't going to be able to use it so they were like do you know anybody who you know needs to or wants to go to south padre should we send you to south padre Hmm. Do you want to go to... I don't, I don't know if I want to go there. <laughs> I was thinking more like drive to the desert for a few days and not have cell service for a while. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We should... Okay. Well, if we don't send you to South Padre Island, then uh, maybe we need to just send you to the desert yeah. the, the desert without cell service. Well, I think you've earned it. So, um, yeah, let's let's make that happen and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure out the appropriate windows. Yeah. Um, this is so crazy to me. Well, I said at the top that I was going to be raising a glass to every single soul on the planet that had anything to do with helping to keep chairlifts spinning, at least here in the United States. I know how fortunate we are that that was happened. It did not happen everywhere. And so uh, I just props, shout out, thank you to everyone who who made that possible. And again, to all the skiers and snowboarders who, you know, I guess were compliant and, and got us through this tricky year. So I will raise my glass to you. The other thing is, and this is so wild to me, Hartman Rocks is already open now in Gunnison, which means it's officially mountain biking season here, which also means that we are now in dual sport mountain biking slash spring ski touring. Well, that's every month if if you're me and Drew. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying on a regular basis, it's now like wake up and kind of decide, you know, this afternoon, do you ride bikes? Do you go ski? And that, my friends, is a wonderful time of year. And so I'm I am really excited to uh to kind of have that those options. And I'm really looking forward to getting back on a bike. I'm also really looking forward to doing some ski touring, especially as, you know, hopefully things just lock up more. It's been a tricky complex year in the backcountry. pretty cool time of year. So you're right, Luke, like one things kind of slow down a bit, but two, you kind of get to decide like you want to pedal or do you want to skin? Yeah, and the fishing is, I think, just starting to get decent as well. So, we got options. We got options. And that, folks, 
brings us to the end of this episode of Gear 30. So I, of course, want to say thanks to Luke for the conversation and thanks for another great season. Uh, You put in a lot of work this season, so we're grateful once again. Uh, I also want to say thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And of course, thanks to all of you who listen to Gear 30 and all the nice things that you do say about the show. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon. Bye, everybody.